Uh, well, I'll start. I think that they're all really important, obviously, mm-hmm. but I really resonated with building self-awareness. Does anybody? Did anybody else pick that one too? Nope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. Fine. Oh. <laughs> I. I think that I I feel like that is so key to to growth. Yeah. And it is such a journey <laughs> and it's so humbling and yeah. so I think it's really I, I think it's been really a big deal for me. And and but I also picked um be clear about what you stand for. Yeah. Like have a have a clarity around what's motivating. Mm-hmm. What's important to me and so those two really stuck out. Which aspect of the self-awareness? I, I think the aspects around knowing what kind of trips me up. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. the hard stuff. The triggers. Yeah. yeah. The triggers. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you think about where he said, uh, you talked to the one leader who said, I wouldn't hire someone who didn't know their triggers. I, in interviews, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're interviewing right now, and I've yeah. been thinking: Should we just start off with what are your tell triggers? Us, tell us your triggers. <laughs> I, yeah, I I think it it depends. Mm-hmm. I I think it kind of depends because I I think that what was really interesting about self awareness is that you know it's so much of what we do here and a lot of our assessments and things mm-hmm. like that really yeah. help with that. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think that some of it might be new to people in the formalized way that we do it. There are not many companies that have so many opportunities to like learn their Enneagram number and know what their style of managing conflict are. Mm-hmm. So I would say that it's kind of different because like coming here from a different company, I knew myself. And so when I got my results from my assessment, I wasn't like, this is so shocking. But yeah. I did not have the formal language to describe what it was like mm-hmm. i didn't have the formal language to describe my conflict style so i wonder if it's like an openness to growth or some awareness of what your triggers are even if you can't fully articulate them yeah. mm-hmm. like what i wonder if that would be a fair compromise <laughs> yeah. yeah that they can't say like they're like you know i never heard of the five conflict styles until i started working at work wisdom mm-hmm. and but i like I knew that I was accommodating and go straight to compete after accommodating me to work. <laughs> like I knew that about myself, but I didn't have the language to say what yeah. it was or yeah. to until I debriefed and talked about it to know when I do it and how I do it. So it was kind of like I knew it, but I didn't know what it was called and those other things. So I think that maybe the growth of being a leader is going through that process of getting the language. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When, when I learned about these six different um, basically capabilities that you need to hone in order to leap to leader. Uh, The one that really struck me was around decision making Mm. and specifically where he wrote about listen carefully but take charge. Mm. Mm. And so, you know, I don't know that I've ever seen it quite so clearly put as when he talked about... um, directional guidance and that it is the role of the leader 
with with decision making and emboldening others to make decisions to provide that directional guidance. I think that I have been really brought up as a leader in very collaborative mm-hmm. approaches. And and this was sort of a firm grasp on this is what we're doing. Here we go. Giddy mm-hmm. up. This is what we, you know <laughs> and I was just like, "Whoa, okay, he said it just like that." Yeah. So I mean, I think it's still a growing edge for me, mm-hmm. um, but but that decision making and providing that sort of clear, firm, contextual, directional guidance, uh, that's something that I, I'm still working on, as you all know. <laughs> 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 we were we were talking about in the uh, you know uh, green room as we call the living room before podcasting about this idea though of like listening really well you need to as a leader you need to be able to listen really well mm-hmm. but you still have to give direction mm-hmm. you need to be able to balance this and be able to balance this mm-hmm. and these sometimes they feel like they're so opposite mm-hmm. of each other mm-hmm. yeah. I think leaders get really tripped up on this. Yeah. I mean, as an executive yeah. coach, I see it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wait, are, are you leading that? Do you want to lead? Or you, do you want to listen? Or do you want to listen first and then make a, a smarter, more informed strategy and then lead? Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's part of the art. Yeah. Can I just say that even though I didn't put this uh, that is one of my top ones i did underline a bunch of stuff <laughs> in the <laughs> article around it because well first of all i loved how he talked about looking in the ugly mirror mm-hmm. and you know we're a positive organizational behavior firm so we focus on our strengths we we yeah. focus on our assets and but he was like it's it is true that it trips companies up when they're not able to look at and talk about where they're having problems and being willing to do that takes so much humility, I feel like. Um, and so this is the quote, resist the temptation to be a cheerleader for the company. That was the one that hit me because I am work with some cheerleader, okay? And I was you like, do I have home? to give my pump? <laughs> do I have to hang up my pom-poms? No, if just put them in the drawer. Yeah. If I'm going to be an effective leader. But it's, again, it's the balance. It's yeah. the, it's the, because then he says, you'll want to contrast, or he that. quotes, he quotes another person, but he says, you'll want to contrast it with the beautiful mirror that two in tandem can really lead to change. change. So yeah. we don't have to put our, we our pom poms away. We can pull them out in special occasions <laughs> and then, you know, and then put them away for when, it, when it, it's time to, to make some, some decisions and some evaluations. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, what did you, what stuck out for you? Um, I, it's funny. I think what stuck out for me is still a growing edge for me as well, mm-hmm. which is mastering the art of compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very tough <laughs> for me to compartmentalize. Um, so they have their um, uh, the, the tips of how to do that. Stay focused on what matters most. Mm. And one of the things that I underlined was when problems pile up, it's tempting to seek order in the chaos by listing every issue that needs attending to. Mm. And there are times when I'm overwhelmed, I do that. I'm like, okay, here are all the things I need to focus (laughs) on or all the things that are going wrong. And uh, instead what they say is you need the discipline to prioritize and keep the list to fewer than five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and I found that really helpful because I think even in moving into the managing your emotions side of compartmentalization, mm-hmm. it is a lot more helpful to 
not go into the spiral of overwhelm if you don't have 12 things that you're facing in a day mm-hmm. and you're only facing down the big five. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's kind of, it, it's connected to the others. And I think that it's something that is challenging because I do care so deeply and every detail of my my work is important to me. Mm-hmm. And there are times where even in our meetings, mm-hmm. <laughs> me and Kedrins, she'll be like, you know, so-and-so can help with that. Or like, you know, with the catering, I was like, well, we can do da 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 And she's like, dude, let's do the easy thing. <laughs> let's not put, like, you don't have to put, a, you know, the, the fine point, crazy focus on this task mm-hmm. at this moment. There are mm-hmm. things that are more important. And where I want to put 110% on every single detail. And it was mm-hmm. like, that has been a challenge and growing and getting, you know, the coaching to be like, it's okay if we take a shortcut in this area mm-hmm. so that you can prioritize mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And I think that if you are someone who cares deeply, even saying it's okay to take a shortcut sounds like heresy a little bit, <laughs> you know, and not going the hard way all the time, the meticulous mm-hmm. way all the time, mm-hmm. being in everybody's problem all the time mm-hmm. feels like something that you know it's foreign to me yeah yeah learning i think that prioritization is is the art of learning how to lead especially in a modern world with so many competing priorities what are the priorities and and how do i learn to take the b on things that <laughs> don't require an A plus, and what yeah. are the three things where yeah. I need the A plus? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's that is that's part of the grow, growth for all of us. Even within the five, the the other two yeah. get an A, yeah. not even an A plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But I want an A plus on all the things, <laughs> all the time, and yeah. it's just not possible, especially if it if I want to move into leadership and mm-hmm. not necessarily being an executor or a manager. Um, being okay with taking the B and not gasping when someone says B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Understanding where where that B is acceptable, right? And and is that the top priority for the team? And what I'm hearing a lot from everybody is com- comments around impulse control. So being able to stop and not go too deep into one thing, um, and then also a lot of emotional intelligence and a lot that comes up in our in debriefs that I have with clients where there is this scale and there's this, it's all about balance. And, you know, as a leader, there's these strengths uh, one way or the other, but how do you balance those strengths? Um, Cause you can't do everything all the time. Yeah. Did you share the one that resonated for you most? Matt? I don't think you did. For me, it's honing your decision-making. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always been uh, a challenging one with, you know, being able to, to clearly, and it's also a little bit of that compartmentalization, separating those emotions from the problem-solving aspect, mm-hmm. being able to make a decision um, based on the greater, you know, the best case scenario, because mm-hmm. the idea of you're not going to please everybody, yeah. um, you got to just make the best decision. Um, and that's that's the one um, piece that Adam Bryan talks about early in the article is um, one of the big jumps for um, this character to the next level is they're looking for help making a decision and they need that push uh you know you need to make the decision right you're the leader now (laughs) Mm, we need we need you to step into it and we trust you to make Mm. that decision yeah Mm. yeah i love that section too matt i liked where he said 
um, as a leader, you're placing bets. <laughs> you're yeah. placing bets. And I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be comfortable with knowing um, whether or not these bets pay off. And, and we can't know everything. And so <laughs> trusting our instincts is also yeah. part of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, this whole idea of, okay, we're placing a bet on this. We're, I mean, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, mm. that's literally what we're doing. Yeah, we talked about it in the entrepreneurship um, podcast about taking a risk, yeah. taking a bet, yeah. Yeah. Betting on yourself and your ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So wh which of these have you found most challenging and maybe it's the same. Maybe it's the same one. Yeah. Uh, you know, the most important one sometimes tends to be also the most challenging for us because it's the one we're focusing on. Yeah. Well, mine's a little different, but but related because it's all in the decision making mm -hmm. bucket. But it's this idea of setting the bar for our team's performance, and so this is truly an art form i think so you know he talks about the it's like a, a giant mixing board mm -hmm. and so how do we figure out how to set the bar high enough so that it's you stress and challenge stress and everyone's motivated and going mm -hmm. for it and we're running hard and all of that but not so high that it's an impossible job mm -hmm. and that we're never gonna hit those numbers <laughs> or, or even if they're numbers, you know? And so um, so I think that learning how to do the mixing board <laughs> is, is probably, and, and because for us, you know, we're still, I guess we're not a startup anymore in year eight, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but as we're growing and we continue to grow every year, that mixing board changes yeah it's almost like there's more dials on that thing <laughs> yeah. and so trying to get good at it when it keeps changing is mm -hmm. is a struggle i think for for anybody in a growing company yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah they said in the article too that you know you're not controlling the external things too so you're mm -hmm. trying to balance it not just within the things that are in your confines of control or you know with the people changing and all the other things but it's also the outward environment changes mm -hmm. and so you know <laughs> our our clients uh, the climate the economy like all those things competition competition yeah. all of those things are constantly changing and so that balance is somewhat in your control and then it's also waving or surfing the waves mm -hmm. of the things that are out of our control that are totally outside of our company that have nothing to do with how mm -hmm. how well we do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was what kind of stuck out to me from that section too, that sometimes we just put our best effort forth and we try to find balance and then something completely outside of our control happens and we've got to find a way to ride the wave. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what I'm surprised is not in this article is anything about honing your own inner authority, inner peace. Maybe he gets at it a little bit with self-awareness, but you know, uh, I think there's, I think really leaping to leader requires uh, so, some sort of centering mm -hmm. because when everything's swirling, how do you, 
ground down and mm. find your own peace mm -hmm. and hold the tension for everyone else. Mm. So anyhow, I would never criticize Adam Bryant because he's one of my favorite human beings, <laughs> but he could have added a seven <laughs> element. <laughs> Sorry, Adam, let's talk. Um, and you're the one that usually wants to remove. Things. That's right. I'm the queen of simplicity. Let, and yeah. I'm like, let's add another one. And he, do, he does kind of get at that with that quote, that listen carefully, but take charge. He gets at it, like you said, yeah. but doesn't, he doesn't give it maybe as much yeah. uh, juice as we would want it to have. Yeah. yeah. I think a mindfulness practice or something mm. like that. Like um, that. Anyhow, let's not critique. <laughs> Let's not look in the ugly mirror. <laughs> Let's get our pom-poms oh, back yeah. out. Yeah. Were you looking at me because you wanted me to answer? Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to do that. Yeah. I, for the the challenge I did put the look in the ugly mirror as a challenge for me because I think I I like to be the cheerleader. I like to I, I don't want to have hard conversations you know um, but the one that I was thinking a lot about that I think may be more challenging than I've realized over the time is the one section about having your personal narrative, mm. which I really do see as like mm. authentic self-communication. Mm -hmm. You know, he talks about don't be a victim mm -hmm. in the sense of don't forget how much control you have, how much you can actually um, put forth to, to change things. You can, maybe you can't change a situation, but you can change how you look at it, things like that. And I think for a long time, I've, I've always been like, well, I'm, I'm not a leader. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't, mm -hmm. that's why I, I don't do that. And, and, and so that has been really challenging for me because, uh, uh huh. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't get to say, no, I'm not. And, and so I think that, that, it's part of self-awareness too, but it's it, that really struck me in this article about what, how do I talk to myself? How do I see myself? Mm -hmm. Take that for granted a little bit. And I think it's probably tripped me up by having this story of, well, I'm not a leader, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I relate to that one. I think it's actually, mine is still within the, the area. I It's funny because I'll like something the most or something will resonate with me the most when I know I need to focus on it <laughs> and grow in it. But I think kind of related to the personal narrative is within that compartmentalization was the section on give yourself a break. Mm. And uh, I highlighted, you know, um, one of the CEOs said, you know, when I hear first-time CEOs be hard on themselves, I say to them, if you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, you'd have no friends. So mm -hmm. stop talking to yourself like that. Amen. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I started to think about, you know, how do I talk to myself? And maybe even if I think, okay, I am a leader, am I saying when I make a mistake, oh, I'm the world's worst leader when mm -hmm. I make a mistake? Or am I being overly focused on things that I'm not doing well am mm -hmm. i catastrophizing mm -hmm. am i you know doing those things and so um focusing on there are ways that i talk to myself internally even without you know voicing it outwardly that i would never do that to any coworker, yeah. any person who's you know um working for me or with me mm -hmm. and i would never talk to a friend like that so 
what do I think I'm gaining from that? Mm -hmm. And so releasing some of that, I think, um, would be really helpful for my transition to leadership. And I'm and I've already been working on it through Mm -hmm. (laughs) once again through coaching through our you know Mm -hmm. um, coaching here. But it was nice to have that reminder and that Mm -hmm. really clear guideline about when I should just kind of tune that out, Mm -hmm. turn it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. So do you have any tips uh, or tricks you want to share with the listeners on how you have overcome these challenges or seen your clients overcome these challenges? I, can I go first? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I feel like something that has been really helpful for me and I think would be helpful for a lot of leaders out there to do the leap is ask for help. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Ask for help. Um, and in anything that feels like the the struggle with the with the leaping, the stretch that it takes, is to push past the discomfort. Mm-hmm. That that the way that we get to growth and high performance and all of those things, time and again, it's because we are able to endure the discomfort of the thing. That mm-hmm. that that just is how it is. And um, so being able to push past is great. And it's great when you have people around you who are like, I know this is hard, but I'm, I'm here for you, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then my last, then my last little tip is just the remembering how uh, mistakes are data, that, that mm-hmm. when we learn from them, it's gold. And so uh, those, those three things, I think, if I can keep them on heavy rotation, the challenges of this leap to leader is much easier. Yeah. I really loved uh, his tip around don't be a victim. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he talked a little bit about entrepreneurs and that they're wired differently than most people. And one way is that they tend not to dwell on bad news. So, I mean, maybe it's toxic positivity. You know, maybe it's not reality tested. Maybe it's too much optimism. Um, but but the the good side of that is that they don't see themselves as victims. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they see themselves as action oriented uh, sort of optimizers. So if something goes sideways, it's like, okay, well, let's move fast and turn the situation around. And you know, where's the it, there must be a pony in here somewhere, right? <laughs> um, so we'll have to tell the listeners what that joke is in the in the notes. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I love that idea of, okay, let's not dwell on the bad news. Mm. Let's mm-hmm. think about, we're not the victim here. There's some opportunity. And how do we think about what we can control and what's mm-hmm. outside of our control? Let's think about what assets, what strengths we have, and how we're going to leverage those to go farther faster. Yeah. So that that's one of the aspects of this article that I really love the most. Yeah. Um, the part that I liked was, um, and I think would be really helpful for our clients, is the build self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And a part of that was um, recognizing your own emotional contagion and how you can impact the rest of your team and those little decisions about how you show up even in the workplace, how it affects everyone. And one of the quotes from the article says, self-awareness involves recognizing your feelings and operating within a fairly narrow band of emotions. Um, And one of the um, people that were interviewed said, you often have to be an actor, says Barbara Corey, who has led turnarounds at six companies, including Swatch. It's an art. I think that the idea of being an actor 
might bristle some folks mm-hmm. after hearing so much about authenticity and showing up mm-hmm. as your whole self. Um, and your whole self does not mean showing up in your pajamas. You know, <laughs> you still get to pick out your clothes. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be authentically. We don't have to know what you sleep in, you know. <laughs> and so if you think about it that way and think about how am I dressing myself? emotionally Mm -hmm. I think that that could be something that might be helpful for folks Mm -hmm. um, that if being an actor makes you feel kind of icky because you don't want to seem like you're putting it on thinking about empathy and thinking about if I am having a hard day but someone's having a lot of success on their team Mm -hmm. is it possible for me to lay my hard day aside and be excited with them Mm -hmm. or you know, if I'm having some challenges in my own role or my frustrations about how we're doing as a team, is it possible for me to get dressed this morning with inspiration? (laughs) You know, and so that way, I think it kind of removes the idea because I know a lot of people feel a way about being an actor Mm -hmm. and they think that means insincerity. But if you know that you have that full range of emotions available to you it's very real you can just dress in it and put it on Mm -hmm. and recognizing that like if you show up at the office and you're too variable with your emotions people will be reading your face instead of getting their work done Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah that reminds me with emotional intelligence like Mm -hmm. we taught we define emotional expression as the constructive expression of emotion like it's it's great to be inspiring it's important to let people know if if something's off but it it does need to be constructive it It does does. (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it makes me think a little bit about freud and the horse and the rider oh yeah and you know and really maturity is when uh we recognize we're the rider Mm -hmm. and our emotions are the horse and we get to sit on that horse and if the mouse runs across the street and the horse whinnies and (laughs) rears up and everything we can put our heels in and say you know actually horsey we're going to just keep walking down this road and because we're in charge we're the rider so it's all of that it it helps and I think that you know a lot of times because we bring our whole selves to work which is great you know leaders can sometimes fall into the trap of authenticity and oversharing and there's Mm -hmm. actually another article um, in HBR that says how leaders can open up to their teams without oversharing. I think that that is something that would be really helpful because there are times where you need to be human and you need to show you care deeply or you need to sometimes explain your why or you know mm-hmm. explain who you are. That can be very powerful, but if you overshare, yeah. then people will end up taking care of you more than they take care of the company. Mm-hmm. And that is something, it's a tough balance. I, th- I think that it requires a lot of balance. You don't want to be too cold. Yeah, and there's another article, speaking of the HBR, um, <laughs> called The Authenticity Paradox, and it's pretty old now, but but basically what the author says is, um, yes, we want authentic leaders because we trust them, mm-hmm. but if we're oversharing, mm-hmm. uh, we, we won't follow them. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that... Um, we're leading in a way that we still have followers. A leader by definition Mm -hmm. has followers. (laughs) So you're not a leader if you don't have followers. Um, So um, what she talked about in that article is, you know, we can be going through really difficult things, but as long as we are 
operating within that more narrow band of emotions so mm-hmm. that we're managing our emotional contagion and we have a plan, mm-hmm. then we'll still keep our followers. So how do we keep that plan? Yeah. And how do we uh, use empathy to recognize how contagious we are as leaders? I'm so glad you brought that up, Janine, because that's such a great part of this article. Yeah, I think it requires sometimes a little bit of bravery to mm -hmm. know how you're being perceived. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes the shift to being a leader is recognizing that there are people who are looking at you. Mm -hmm. So some of us, if we don't think we're being a leader, we don't think anybody's looking at us and we think we can just be nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But if you realize, oh, yeah, I'm a leader. People are looking at me. What are they seeing when Mm -hmm. they look at me? Yeah. And how is that affecting our performance? And, you know, is there any way that I can maybe operate? And this is coming from a very emotionally expressive person. (laughs) So just know that, you know, if you're that leader, I feel you. I'm giving you a big hug right now because it is something that I have to do that I love and care very deeply. But I think if I'm being watched, I have to recognize that there are people who are being impacted by those big emotions. Yeah. I'm really excited. You know, we, we have it on the calendar that the leadership team here at Work Wisdom is defining leadership behaviors mm-hmm. in a few weeks now. I think we've got an offsite at our house. <laughs> um, and so um, I think it's fantastic timing that we read this article, that we were podcasting on this article, and then we're going to name what are the leadership behaviors mm-hmm. um, here at Work Wisdom. Yeah. Thank you so much, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist. Although our custom is to end with a quote, today we wanted to close by wishing you the happiest of New Year's. Our aim for 2024 is to bring you actionable hope. Through The Behaviorist, we promise to deliver the concrete, evidence-based, ancient, and modern mindsets and behaviors to help you feel hope, to bring hope, and to even be hope. Happy New Year friends. Mm-hmm.